The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of puck talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. The panic button was away for most of the season for the Vancouver Canucks, but guess what? Man, why are you playing Tyler Myers 19 minutes a game, 20 minutes a game, dude? Are you serious against the Devils? Talk it, man. Dude, you lost us this game, bro. We're getting a little closer to hitting that panic button. The defense is floundering. The Canucks are starting to look mediocre again. What is going on with this hockey team? We're going to tell you how we feel next on Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A, 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 A. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs. Canucks writer for Daily High Vancouver and your co-host here on Locked On Canucks. Before we dive into the episode, we got to thank you, yes you, for tuning into Locked On Canucks. It is your team every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. I also got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Coming up on today's episode of Locked On Canucks, you know, we got three segments on the show. Got to do the ad reads, but you know what? It's a little less structured today because Kyle and I got a vent, okay? I was at the game last night, and, you know, I felt not bad entertainment-wise after that loss, but uh, looking back on it, there was a lot of uh, a lot of red flags about that game uh, against the New Jersey Devils, who uh, they had the Canucks seeing red last night. I know Kyle's got some thoughts on this game. I got to talk about Kuzmenko versus Tockett. I want to talk about Philip Peronik a bit. But before we do that, uh, let me choose, let me introduce someone who you know always makes me happy when times are tough. Kyle Bowen, how's it going, brother? I'm sad, man. I'm really sad. I'm um, I'm hurt. I'm disgusted. I can't even spell right. Look at the YouTube salute solution. I can't even spell anything right, dude. I'm I'm in a bad predicament right now. Yesterday, no joke, bro. You don't got to send help. You don't got to call my parents. You don't got to tell my mom. But I took some melatonin last night after the game. I need to go right to bed, bro. AKA, I took sleeping pills. Sleeping pills to get over it. Because right now we're swimming in mediocrity. And 13 games is a lot of games. A lot of games. And there's a handful of those games that weren't even close when it comes to the scoreboard. 13 games. A lot of games. And your Canucks right now aren't doing it. And that's providing consistency. And I'm a little traumatized, man. And I hope that you can walk me off the bridge. I hope you can. But right now, it's dark. It's really dark for me and the Vancouver Canucks. And I guarantee some fans are going through it right now. Uh, I want to start by saying sorry. Again, maybe Trevor can help me. But this is definitely going to be a bit of a, an emotional therapy session for myself. Maybe Trevor, but myself for sure. Yeah, Kyle, it's interesting. I think when uh, we chatted last week, uh, when the Canucks were floundering <laughs> like they are right now, I tried tried my best to walk you off the ledge. I think I did a pretty good job. And Dude, you know, you, you listen. We traded for Zadorov. We traded for Zadorov, and I said <laughs> we're winning the cup. Like we want the cup. Yeah, well, maybe that had more to, to do with uh, Zadorov than it did uh, the, me walking you off the ledge. But hopefully, if you tune into that episode, shout out to the Everydayers. Um, hopefully I walked you off the ledge as well, but right now there, there is cause for concern mm-hmm. because I look at this defense and yeah, they just made a big move to bring in Zadorov. I don't know if anyone outside of maybe Ian Cole played a mistake free game on the blue line last night. You know, I, I think for a lot of those devil's goals, I know for one of them, Zadorov, he missed his check. Zadorov also had a brutal turnover in front at one point. 
uh Tyler Myers had you know another just horrid horrid game oh yeah uh, that around I think it might have been the stanch that tweeted it out but uh I was there and saw it live where Tyler Myers um you know Jack Hughes backs off Tyler Myers and just waits for him to give up the puck everyone and- saw it he's Myers an idiot, dude, for that one. That was a be- that was just stupid, man. But that's Tyler Myers for you, man. Sorry to cut you off. I'm emotional, but t- that was gross. no. It's 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 all good. And I, you know, Hughes missed a, a check on a goal, and then obviously on the game winning goal, Philip Peronik was floating up at the hash mark with Jesper Bratz alone in front. So I think a lot of guys. Ed Juleson missed a check on a goal as well. Like I think a lot of guys in the defense did not play sharp hockey last night, and maybe I'll ask you how you feel about this quote from Quinn Hughes because Quinn Hughes did tell reporters after the game that. You know, he feels like the Canucks have played good defensively this season, but last night was not their best night. Oh, yeah, Do you of agree with that comment? No, of course, because, you know, I, I think a big reason why you were able to calm me down a couple days ago was because you talked about how, yeah, the Canucks were losing games here, but they weren't generally giving up high-danger scoring chances. They, they weren't making a lot, but they also weren't giving them up. And I, I was kind of like, you know what, you're right. You, you, we're just not getting that extra save. And it's quite ironic because I feel as if yesterday was probably our best. I know we scored five goals, and that's why it looks like it. But I'm just saying in general, it was our best offensive output in a very long time. We actually looked like a, an aggressive team. And there's this rhetoric going around that the Vancouver Canucks lost the, to the Devils because they're faster than us, and they beat us with this speed. They're dynamic, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's the case. Uh, we could match, not like with pure acceleration, uh, we, we we can't match that type of pace with the Devils, but we can keep up. And I thought we kept up yesterday. I think the only reason we lost was not because of the speed. It was just because of defensive breakdowns, little miscues. It was bad. It was really bad. And you brought up Tyler Myers, and I, I want to put some of the blame on Rick Tockett. I really do, because I think he's empowering some of these depth guys way too much. Because this is, this is a 13-game mm-hmm. stretch where the Canucks are struggling. It's not, oh, like we've won four out of five, and now you want to experiment with the minutes and cut down Hughes and Aronik's minutes, blah, blah, blah. Look, I think it's a bit irrational for him to split up the decor. I know sometimes they make mistakes and whatnot, but to put them in a blender, because I feel as if you're watering down one of the weakest points of your lineup, a.k.a. just keep Hughes and Aronik together. Just keep them together. Do it. I don't know why he's mixing it up all the time. It's just... This is not the decor to do that with. I don't know if it would have made up for a victory, but I'm just not in position to empower Tyler Myers and give him 17 minutes a game, 18 minutes a game, you know? It makes little to no sense to me. Now, again, that's hard to do because you got Noah Jolson playing too, but man, oh man, I, I, I think Rick Tockett has to take some accountability here because even though yesterday he did say that he didn't really have a grip on the the defensive pairings. I think it was Adam Adam's foot's responsibility. I don't know. You just mm-hmm. it just seems like the rational thing to do to stay calm there and not make moves that again allow a guy like Tyler Myers, who gifts other teams' momentum when he's playing too much, an opportunity to play more. No, Kyle. I'll say I think you're bang on on Tyler Myers, and I think you know. I think everyone listening right now to Lockdown Canucks, every person at Canucks Nation would agree with you. Like even when I'm at the game last night, I'm screaming at Tyler Myers, the girl beside me, she's <laughs> calling out Tyler Myers. I think she's like literally said when the game was 6-5, I blame Tyler Myers, even yeah. though he wasn't on the ice. Because <laughs> like you said, he gifted momentum. Uh, Kyle, what I will push back on in terms of what you just said is the huge heroic thing. 
I am starting to think more and more so that Hughes and Hironic should be split up. Now, oh. I don't think Hughes and Myers is the answer, but I think Hughes and Hironic have shown some cracks together lately. And I kind of want to see Hironic for an extended stretch away from Quinn Hughes. Now, I, I grapple with this for a couple of reasons. A, because this season matters, right? You, you want to do your best to win. But I think if that pairing isn't going, like the rest of your decor is weak. And you got Cole looking nervous, propping up Juleson. I thought Zadorv and Myers together last night looked pretty terrible. Um, I, I'm leaning more and more towards splitting them up. And I think another big thing is, you know, think about the future. You know, Hironic, if he keeps this up, you know, if if some of his defensive miscues, because I don't think he's been great defensively lately, if some of his defensive miscues are masked by playing with Quinn Hughes and he goes and secures the bag, that could be a long-term problem for this team. You're getting dark. Like, I do. I kind of, I kind of want to see this guy away from Hughes from an extended stretch. I mean, I, I kind of said it coming into the season. Have this guy play with uh, with Ian Cole in your second pairing. Be that shutdown pairing. See if he can handle it in that role. He might decrease some of his offensive numbers by doing that. And play someone else with Quinn Hughes. Like, the problem is, who's it going to be? Like, for me right now, it's got to be Zadorov. I, I hate Myers on that pairing. You know what? Juleson doesn't deserve it. I would have Zadorov up there. I would have Hughes right now. I would probably go Hughes, Zadorov, Cole, and Hironik as your top four and have Myers and <laughs> anyone else down there right now. Even like scratch Myers for a game at this point. Like, come on. Like, uh, another, you know, gripe with this team right now is the love for Noah Juleson. And we talked about it already. Every dares know that. We said it, uh, I think, on yesterday's episode that Noah Juleson. Again, it's only def- depth defenseman on the biggest thing in the world. But when that depth defenseman has cost your team games, which I would argue he is right now, you got to sit him. I would sit Juleson. I would sit Myers. I would have Mark Freeman in the lineup for a game or two. And then, you know, call Akito Hirose or something like that to play on your third pairing. Um, yeah. But the, the D court needs to be shaken up right now because I, I think they don't even know what they're doing. Like you said, Kyle, the, the, the D pairs in the second period last night were Hughes, Myers, Cole Hironik and Zadorov Juleson. It just like, got thrown into a blender. And then in the third period, it was all back to normal. So it was strange in a number of levels yeah, last night. But I, I rambled a lot there. But maybe before we cut to break, tell me your take on um, uh, Hughes and Hironik uh, being apart. I don't know, man. I think, I think personally speaking, I just continue to want to see them together. I understand where you're coming from. But I think with a – it's easy for me to say, but like a clean practice where – People are held accountable, and the instructions are clear, and maybe they can get somewhat of a reset. But with that reset, I think they need to continue to, again, stack up that top pairing and not play Tyler Myers 19 minutes a game. Why are you playing Tyler Myers yep. 19 minutes against the Devils? You got the Wild coming up in a couple days, you know? I don't know, man. That's I think Rick Tockett continues to want to like teach lessons in the middle of games. And there's only so many lessons that you can teach. You get what I'm saying? Like, you want to do what you're doing to Kuzmenko. Mm-hmm. Now you want to play Linus Carlson instead of PDG, and it's like, why not do that against another team? Because what did Carlson do to make you feel like, oh, okay, this guy's bringing it. Let's take PDG out of the lineup. Yeah. There's even little things like, uh, I don't know if he's trying to send a message here. Now I'm nitpicking, but, okay, there was a goal that was scored yesterday. I think it was a 5-2 goal. Teddy Bluger, he's chasing down an icing. And it's blown in icing, so he just wasted a ton of gas. Then he takes a face-off because, you know, the icing has you, you know, stand on the ice. He loses the face-off, and the Devils, they draw a penalty. And who's the first guy to <laughs> penalty kill for the Vancouver Canucks? It's Teddy Bluger. Mm-hmm. Like, why is yeah. this guy off the ice, dude? It's pretty hard to win a face-off when you're tired. But I think that Rick Tockett just, he's not impressed, and he just wants to, like, teach lessons. Like, no, we're not putting Pedersen and Miller out there. What have they done? Let's teach a lesson. Yeah. It's like, dude. 
Stop teaching so many lessons throughout the game. Yeah. Te- teacher talk it maybe needs to uh, sit down for a little bit. Dude, just let uh, them, we'll talk more about talk it. The players will figure it out. <laughs> they'll figure it out. The high end pl- talent will figure it out. I, I've, I've liked talk it. I think he's done a lot of great things. I think he's been the biggest reason why this thing has turned around with Hughes and Miller and, and, and Brock Besser and Pedersen and et cetera. But I don't know. I think he's getting a little power hungry right now, man. Relax. Hmm. Relax. Too many. Okay, moves. Well, let's, uh, let, let's let's table that thought because I have a take on that on the other side. But we do got to cut to a break here on Locked On Canucks, your team every day. Uh, before we get to the other side, talking about talking and some of his decisions that he's made recently, I need to ask you, have you ever been stressed out by buying tickets at the last minute? Because I'm a big last minute deals guy, and I found that the best place for killer deals at the last minute is game time. Game time, they got my back, okay? I get these new emails from Nicole at game time, and she's always teasing me with concerts and events this week in my area. Not only are those weekly emails a tease, but Game Time also offers me flash deals on last-minute tickets. What's a bigger tease than that? Come on, baby. Guess what? You know, Game Time they got me to that Vancouver Canucks New Jersey Devils game last night. Uh, so I, you know, I gotta give Game Time and Nicole Game Time a lot of credit for that. Okay. Not only did I get off my rear end uh, to go check out a local show, but I did so on a Wednesday night. It wasn't even a Friday night, baby. So make sure you stay the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders, and more. You know, I think one of the best bets last week would have been uh, the Packers were like, what, plus seven against the Kansas City Chiefs? Not only did they cover, they freaking won straight up, man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Kyle, I've been chirping your Packers during these FanDuel reads all season long. Well, guess what? Your Packers and my Seahawks are now tied in the standings. And uh, I definitely like the Packers' odds of making the playoffs a little better than the Seahawks. Uh, So a a bit of love for the Packers and Jordan Love there. Um, and you know, Canucks got to keep me happy because the Seahawks, man, oh man, starting to disappoint me lately. So whether you're betting on the Seahawks, the Packers, or another NFL team, make sure you place your bets with FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, okay, you're back on another episode of Locked on Canucks, a.k.a. the therapy session that I needed because I think all in all we will find our way to rationality and more optimism by that time this episode ends. And Begsy, you know, we did bring up Noah Juleson and how he's been affecting us and disturbing our momentum slash giving it away to other teams. He did only play 10 minutes last night, and that's a big reason why Mm -hmm. Myers picked up 19. I don't like that trade-off, though. I don't like it. No, they need more. They need more depth on the right side, and I think uh, you know Ethan Bear is hopefully an answer there. Again, it depends how healthy he is, but I think Mark Freeman's also an answer. It's like you know what happened to Mark Freeman. I don't really understand why this guy is now riding the bench, sitting in the press box while Noah Juleson is playing a string of games in a row. Like to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Mark Freeman was playing ahead of Tyler Myers in the lineup like a month ago. So yeah, there you go. I think that's... it was a strange decision by Talkit. Not quite sure what happened there, and. Uh, 
yeah, I want to kind of touch again on you talked about talking, maybe being a bit too power hungry. And if mm-hmm. uh, you're tuning in right now, let us know in the comments, interact with us on YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. Do you think talk it is too power hungry right now? Because I see, I see your point, Cal, but I'm maybe trying to teach too many lessons, right? We talked about it before, um, you know, the Hughes, uh, sorry, the, the Miller benching from earlier this month, um, you know, kind of maybe not giving Miller and Pedersen as much uh, penalty kill ice time. I will say that one, I think, is but probably bro, deserved. The, I think- but those moves, I think earlier in the season, like the team was doing well. There's a lot of momentum on their side. They've won a ton of games. I could kind of see it. But right now, they're, I don't know if I'm stretching it, but I feel as if they're kind of desperate for some consistency right now because it's been 13 games. It's been a long time. Well, I think time. there's a, yeah, I think there's a wired and tired kind of take right here you can make right now, right? Like the 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 wired would be the connection are nine and six in November. The Tigers are six and seven in their last 13 games, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there are kind of two ways to look at it. But yeah, obviously this team isn't as sharp as they were early in the season. Um, but I think, you know, talking again, it's not about the day-to-day. I think, you know, the coaching staff has to have a bigger picture. True. There is a day-to-day element when you're shuffling lines, um, practicing. And uh, I'm kind of curious what the practice lines were today. Maybe I can pull it up as we're doing this segment. Um, but yeah, I... I I, I still am a, I'm a fan of what talk has done. I just think it's more so nitpicking with decisions on the defense. And, you know, I think last night what I did like as well is that he was rewarding guys who were playing well, in my opinion. Like, he put Dakota Joshua on the top line for a bit. Yeah. Um, and he demoted guys who weren't playing well, like Andre Kuzmenko. And, and maybe let's uh, pivot to <laughs> Kuzmenko and talk it quickly because uh, Kuzmenko had a very a, another uh, not-so-good game. Uh, he ended up getting relegated to the third line, which, you know, Kuzmenko and Garland on your third line. Uh, in a vacuum that seems pretty good but uh it was there for a reason and kuzmenko ended up playing uh the third he was the third lowest among canucks in ice time only nils amon and leonis carlson played less than andre kuzmenko kuzmenko only played nine or sorry this is at five on five at five on five kuzmenko played 928 last night obviously his power play was or his ice was boosted a bit by the power play but what are you seeing from kuzmenko right now and, and what comes next dude these two need to go to amsterdam cafe together man they need to become friends. No, straight up, because sooner or later, I don't know if like Kuzmenko's gonna ask for a trade, but I could definitely see his confidence be completely destroyed. And he's the type of player that, like most players, need that swagger, needs that confidence. But he seems to be really one of those players that feeds off of having fun. And right now, he's not having any mm-hmm. of it. And I think Talkett alluded to the fact that he's tired of talking about him and just wants him to forecheck, which is cool and all, but I think it's so vital for the relationship between Taken and Kuzmenko to be mature right now, be fully understood, uh, be fully understood, be one that's focused on solutions. So yeah, those two need to go to Amsterdam Cafe, man, for real. That's just the truth mm-hmm. to me. They need to yeah. figure this out because Kuzmenko, if he's not going, bro, it's going to be hard for this team to be really going over the next 55-plus games, if your top six includes Dakota Joshua, Sam Lafferty, and then you have, like, I don't know, McKayev and Niels Hoagland, there's too many wild cards. You need more certainty. And how are you getting the best out of Pedersen if game in and game out, he's going to have to play with two checkers? Yeah, it's... um. I, it kind of leads me back to that conversation we had last week. And, uh, you know, sometimes I have good takes, sometimes I have bad takes. And I talked about how 
I think if I was the Canucks trying to make a move right now, I would target defensemen and sediment over mm-hmm. wingers. Now, the way the wingers are looking right now, it's looking a lot more tumultuous than it has in the past, right? Kuzmenko's struggling. So that top line is That's in why. flux. You know, that second line had PDGs a staple. Now that, that line's in flux. You know, now you got Connor Garland playing well but not producing. That line's in flux. <laughs> and now you got Neil Zavon, Linus Carlson on your fourth line. It just seems like the forward group is more discombobulated than it was early in the season. But I do think a part of that is just the fact that they're not winning a bunch of games, right? And I think you don't want to be complacent when you're losing games. You want to try make changes, mm-hmm. try different things. Uh, you also may want to make those changes for the right reasons. And um, I don't say I think Amon's deserved a spot in the lineup. I was I'm okay with sitting PDG for a bit. I think it's probably time to get him back in over Linus Carlson. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of tumultuous stuff going on up there. And uh, just to bring it back to Kuzmenko, I thought it was very telling last night to your point that uh, Talkett said he's tired of answering questions about him that he's four check. <laughs> I don't know. I, like if these guys go to the Amsterdam Cafe, like uh, what's the first topic of conversation? Um, this like it's got to come from Talkett. That's like, yo, look, I support you, man. I want you to be dynamic because yo, Talkett needs to understand that he really needs Kuzmenko. Like you look at the look at what you just brought up. It's the truth. We need Kuzmenko and Patterson to be dynamic. That was part of the recipe. That was part of the euphoria. That was part of the ecstasy. It needs to work. Like, moving forward, if you're a Canucks fan, sure, thank you very much, Dakota Joshua and Sam Lafferty, but we don't want to see both of you guys play with Pedersen because that's going to take away from Pedersen. It's going to turn him into a different player. But all this being said, you know, one thing you did note earlier that's kind of making me feel a lot better is the fact that, you know, with this head start, and this is why I'm just one that I'm just somebody that's talking ish, right? Like with this head start, the Canucks do have some leg room to think about the bigger picture and implement the right things. And maybe it's a blessing that we did lose the way we lost last night, coming back from five two. The the building was rocking, but boom, another defensive breakdown puts us in the L column, and now you can really learn from it because, yeah, you can't be doing these things later in the season. It's going to cost you way mu- way too much, and there is a difference between how the games are feeling now to how they will later in April. It's just the truth. And one thing I will note too, Begsy, you're, you're doing it. You're healing me as we have this conversation. I did look at Vegas' schedule last year because I was I was going through it. I need to go to sleep. Like I said, I took sleeping pills. I was looking at Vegas' schedule last year, and they went through two stretches where they lost a lot of games in 10-game spans. In fact, one of the stretches was them losing 8 out of 10 games. Mm-hmm. And they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And they just had a stretch like that earlier this season too, right? So, uh, you know, I think this is trending in a positive direction, which I like. Yeah. And let's end the show with let's end the show with the segment you, you that tell, Kyle. Man, I know we're running out of time, but you tell me what 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 talk it should tell Kuzmenko, man. What yeah, do you I'm going to tell you on the other okay. side. Look, okay. We're going to do one more ad break, and then we're going to end with uh, one good thing—a segment that we were uh, running last year early on in Lockdown Canucks when that things weren't going so well. Uh, but before we end off the show. I got to let you know that when you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you could do it all on Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Ah, you know, I love Indeed because I can relate to them. My wife calls me The Flash, and Indeed's got this instant match, okay? The Flash and instant match? Ah, talk about your next superhero movie right there, baby. 
candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So make sure you visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application price not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, okay, we back on another episode of Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. I'm feeling better. That right there is Trevor Beggs. And again, I'm feeling better. This is why I do this, man. I'm becoming rational. I'm thinking calmer. Again, big picture. It's all good. Stop hating so much. Rick Tockett is the guy. He's doing this for the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is meaningful games in April and they're more meaningful if, again, Kuzmenko and Tockett can get together and be friends uh, before we talk more about that. Begsy, how are you doing, man? I feel as if you're a different guy these days. You're not getting emotional like me at all. You're even keel. It's the parent in you. I watched the game yesterday with my mom, bro. We were down 5-2. My dad's like, oh, they're not winning. I'm going to sleep. He went to bed. Me and my mom stuck around. We tied up the game. We're going nuts. I'm getting happy. And then, boom, Brad scores, and I punched the couch, bro. I punched the couch, and I don't even say bye to my mom. It was, it was a quiet departure going through it. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. I mean, I'll I'll tie three things in here. First and foremost, I'm doing great, man. It was my first game as a fan uh, since in about a year. Like, you and me went to Vegas last November. I hadn't been as a fan in, in about a year. So that was it was a lot of fun, man. Uh, lower bowl end zone. It was uh, a good time with my bro. Um, so we enjoyed the entertainment, had a good time. Um, and so I'm, I'm doing great. Um, I will say to answer your question about Kuzmenko and talk, they need to talk about something non-hockey related, like, okay. like puppies or, you know, what their favorite off season drink is, you know, mm. or, or like this one time that they got hammered together. Um, uh, I don't know. Or one time they got hammered doing crap, dumb crap with teammates. It's just like loosen up. Okay. Yeah, bro. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's their conversation at Amsterdam cafe or just maybe they get into a whole life. Like what's the meaning of life, man? You know, that's no, the kind of conversation you have exactly. at the Amsterdam cafe. Exactly, man. Um, Sorry to cut you off, but I, I don't want to see Kuzmenko get healthy scratched. Like, work through this, man. Work through this. You're a dynamic player, and the Canucks need you. Talk it. You need, you need Kuzmenko. You don't need a lineup full of PDGs, Lafferty's, Joshua's, Linus Carlson's. Like, relax, buddy. You need Kuzmenko. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great take, buddy. Um, I will say, in terms of let's end the segment on one good thing. My one good thing is uh, uh, I met a fan of Locked On Canucks last night, man. It made my night. Oh yeah! A shout out to Brock uh, Lucio ninety on YouTube. Uh, you know, we want to start running Canucks Citizen at some point. Have some fans on the show hear your voice uh, talking to us here on Locked On Canucks. And uh, told Brock to hop on the show, man. But uh, just a, just an absolute beauty, and I feel like he was. Uh, Doing my whole locked on Canucks thing when he saw me, so it was. Nice, uh, I made my night, man. Good, yeah, what did good, he good say, man? What did he say? Like, how did he? How did he? Like, he just came up to you and was like, "Yo, can you sign my tits?" 
<laughs> my buddy was uh trying to get me to give out an autograph but uh you know come on i'm, I'm just i'm just i'm just another guy man come on i'm not, I'm not signing anybody's no but what did he chest. say did he walk across and be like yo you're begsy bro you- no i was i was crossing the street and he's like you're from locked on canucks yeah <laughs> <laughs> he he snuck his beer out of rogers arena man so good on him i know Ooh. they were watching that stuff as we were leaving so uh no brock's got some silky mitts man and uh yeah no it was uh it was a it was a fun interaction we chatted for a few minutes after the game there so shout out to you brock you made my name buddy and if you're listening right now man wishing you all the best okay one more thing before we get out of here i gotta say that and this is like i'm about to say some dark stuff but there's a lot of good in it okay so yesterday right a lot of good things happened did you get there in the beginning of the game like you watched the whole game 60 minutes through like you were there at the beginning of the first period traffic yeah traffic uh got in the way we missed about the first five minutes okay so from what i saw bro it had all the makings of being one of the best games ever and one thing that i really did like was how fast the canucks were playing again i don't think the devils beat us with their speed we were on pace with them we were doing our things and two players that really stood out for me I'll put three players, okay? Dakota Joshua being one of them, but it was Elias Patterson and JT Miller. They were throwing the body, bro. They were flying yesterday. JT Miller, what a third period, bro. I see a lot of people, like, talking ish about his defensive play yesterday. Dude, relax, bro. This guy was the motor, the motor in the third period. He's such a gamer. Our our most valuable piece on some games, man. Real talk, because he could change the game. He did so with that hit, and... If we won that game yesterday, bro, the narrative would have felt so different. We'd be laughing. We'd be smiling. But what we would be doing is maybe sweeping a couple things under the rug that would take away from the big picture. And the big picture is making sure these things don't happen in April. Begsy, sign us out. Yeah, quick shout out to JT Miller as well. I know I you see the numbers after the game and you think, oh man, this guy didn't play very well. He was Dude. the best Canuck on the ice last night. JT Miller was incredible, making things happen. You look at any of the goals, I, I wouldn't have faulted him for any of those goals. So JT Miller, an absolute beauty last night, but no bigger beauty than you listening right now to Locked On Canucks, whether you're an everyday or an occasional listener, a first-time listener, or a new subscriber. We love each and every one of you, and your dogs, cats, and pet snakes as well. Uh, coming up on uh, next episode of Locked On Canucks, we're actually going to chat with Seth Tupal from Locked On Wild. Talk about the Canucks and Wild, uh, two teams who have uh, started the seasons on different levels but are going in different directions right now with the Wild winning a few games in a row. Uh, also going to talk about uh, kind of our our memories of the 2003 playoff series and finally, you know, which team would you rather have cheered for the, over the past 20 years? Because uh, the Wild have been more consistent, but there's been uh, more highs and lows with your Vancouver Canucks. That's coming up on the next episode. But for now, I'm Trevor Bates. That guy's Kyle Bowen. And you've been listening to Locked On Canucks. Yeah.